Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And welcome to Real Presence Live. I'm Deacon Dan Goshi, along with Father Daniel Weiske, uh, your hosts uh, for the next couple of hours. We're broadcasting from St. Andrew's Church in Brainerd, Minnesota. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Deacon. How are we today? Super fantastic. Oh, really? Oh. I'm very Dan Amick today. That's what... <laughs> Dan Amick. The Dan Amick duo. See, there's two Dans. Daniel, Father Daniel, and Deacon Dan. Did you get it? Did you do the math yourself? dynamic duo today and we've got uh, a lot of fun things to uh, uh to go over in our in our time together we've got a brand new uh, priest for the diocese of duluth we'll be talking to today and uh, we have a fairly new transitional deacon and we mm-hmm. have some folks in seminary and some in formation and mm-hmm. uh, uh the wife of a deacon to talk about her journey it should right. be a very interesting vocation interesting day. wednesday yeah, Vocation Wednesday. The Lord calls, we answer. We we should. It's best if you do. Uh, well, if you don't, he'll just keep calling, right? <laughs> That's been my experience. Yeah. Keep dialing through till he gets a hold of somebody. Um, today in the Diocese of Duluth, we also have um, um, all the, the transitions happening today. Mm-hmm. The uh, uh, all the priest assignments, you know, where everybody's going to, that's, that's assigned to move. I think they're, what, eight or ten? There are eight if Eight. you don't count the one that Pope Francis made. If you don't count that one, sure. Yeah, the new bishop. Right. Right. Um, eight, uh, eight priests that will be uh, leaving their, their um, current homes and, and uh, beginning a new, new journey with new parishes today. That's right. So. That's right. And one of them is right here. Right here. Well, we don't want to talk to him yet, do we? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Why not? His name is uh, Father, Matthew, uh, Father Matt Miller. He prefers Father Matt. So far. I mean, that could change, right, Father Matt? could change, yeah. I mean, we'll start today. Mm-hmm. We'll see what I go with. But yeah, I guess Father Matt. <laughs> Father Matt. I like the three-syllable. Yeah, it, it rolls. I it think does. it rolls. Father so, Matt. Father Matt. Father Matt. 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 That's beautiful. So we'll roll with that for now. He's even got a theme song. Do I? Father Matt. Father Matt. Father Matt. 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 That's great. Well, welcome. It's first of all... Oh, go ahead. Oh, and there are people in your future parish territory that actually that may be listening today. Oh, mm-hmm. There could be, yeah. And when you get there in a few hours, I hope they're there to greet you with eh? this new song. Right. They should. <laughs> well, tell, tell us a little bit about Father Matt. Where are you from? Where are you heading? What's going on? Sure, yeah. So I'm originally from a small town called Hinkley, Minnesota. People from Minnesota will know that as the traditional halfway point between the Twin Cities and Duluth. Toby's. Yep. Toby's, yeah, everyone knows to- Toby's. Toby's, yeah, with the yeah, the pie and yep. the mm-hmm. cinnamon rolls, all mm-hmm. that too. But mm-hmm. people live there too, believe it or not. Really? And I'm one of those one of those people that grew up there and very grateful. Um, just with my formation there as a young lad in Hinkley, Minnesota at Saint Patrick's Catholic Church. So I grew up there all my life and went for one year at the College of Saint Scholastica up in Duluth before the Lord got through my stubbornness, and I finally entered seminary as a sophomore in college at St. John Vianney College Seminary at the University of St. Thomas down in St. Paul, and then was very grateful to um, be asked to get sent to the Pontifical North American College in Rome 
until we got evacuated from mm-hmm. the Pontifical Con- mm-hmm. <laughs> American College. Back COVID was was doing its thing too in the end of March, but been back in the diocese since the end of March, and very grateful to start my new parish assignment today. As we were pointing out, it's the big Duluth diocese move today, so I'll be. Uh, the associate pastor at the Cathedral of Our Lady of the Rosary up on the hill in Duluth, and as well as the downtown parish of Star of the Sea, which I'm really, really looking forward to today. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Beautiful. first assignment as a priest, and that's something. You yeah. remember yours? I do. It was right here. Yeah, it was here. That's right. Yeah, yeah. in this yeah, very office, was. I was in <coughs> that side of the room. Yeah, so I remember that. Beautiful memories. Yeah. And you'll have many, many beautiful. I sure hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were, and assi- it gets better every day. I hope so. Yeah. Father Daniel, you were assigned here as an associate for what two was years. Two, two years, and then became the pastor then when they split the that's true the cluster up. They liked yeah. you so much they Six couldn't years tell you tomorrow. to leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Saint Bishop Serba. I mean, oh. should I say that in there? So, <laughs> when I like his decisions, I think I'm not, nice I'm not sure you have the authority. Lend him any, you know, credibility. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, but it's a beautiful moment. So, you'll be now entrusted, or you are now entrusted with uh, care of the flock. Yeah. In those parishes. Right. Yeah. How does yeah. that feel? Um, I guess the difference I've found between the weightedness that was on my heart before my diaconate ordination and my priestly ordination was different. Before my diaconate ordination, I was really just wondering, you know, the question I was asking myself is, is I'm, am I free to make of myself a self-offering to the church? You know, it was really looking at what I was able to give to. And then for my priestly ordination, the weightedness that I that I've found that I was having was, that I was being given so much responsibility to to really shepherd a flock in a way. It's like, oh, can I do that? Like, well, yes and no. You never would have been able to do that too. It's something that you have to rely on the Lord's grace on really profoundly too. But um, it was a self-entrustment that I found was the way to this before my priestly ordination to say, okay, Lord, you know, you know what you're doing. You've know what you've called me to. I was very confident in the Lord's call for me, which is, which was I was very happy to have that grace too. But it was something that always led me further to entrust myself to Him in that. So yeah. I'm, I guess, as ready as the Lord wants me to be at this point. So, yeah, I'm excited to move in for sure. Wonderful. Yeah. And you'd already, you already know your first pastor? or Yeah. Pastor? Yeah, I was very grateful to be with him over St. Francis across the street here um, last summer. So I've had him as uh, a shepherd in that way, too. So now he's my boss in a more <laughs> true sense. Uh, Father Tony Robleski, who's the, no longer the rector-elect, but the real deal rector today, um, mm-hmm. replacing the Bishop Mewich, who's, again, named Bishop of Rapid City. So again, yeah, I, um, it's, going, it's good going in knowing you like your boss, I suppose. So <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> Just wait, he says. No, you'll, learn, you'll learn a lot. <laughs> sure. Yeah, so I'm very, very, very excited today. Well, what was your uh, journey like? Father Matt, to the priesthood. Yeah, so um, I really have a lot of gratitude looking back for all of the youth events that the Diocese of Duluth has offered. I tell the staff that, um, again, not in, not to my own edification, but I'm proof that what the Diocese of Duluth is doing works. And, you know, all the programs they have are junior high camp, which is called Camp Survive. Um, don't know how I got that name, but it's known that, and it's mm-hmm. stuck, and it's been a very successful program in our diocese as well through... Um, Father Mike Schmitz has been very, very good in that. And so that was a big part of my kind of reversion, conversion to the faith um, and seeing that the church had something to offer. I went there and I saw, you know, young priests and, and people my age that were excited about living the faith as a seventh grade, seventh grader, eighth grader. And that was something I hadn't seen. I didn't know that confession was offered more than just in Christmas and Easter. I had no idea. And that was something to me that said that the church had something more to offer, that it wasn't just this weekend thing that you did. 
that the church was asking her members to give their entire lives to the church. And I, you know, I didn't really realize that until then. And so that first year I went to that camp going in the summer of going into my eighth grade year, it was a recognition that my heart was open to see that the church had something to offer. And then when I went the next year, it was a big moment of seeing the Lord's mercy in my life and that I needed that. Um, I had a very good experience in confession with then Bishop Schnur, now Archbishop Schnur of Cincinnati, who was our bishop at the time. And uh, at that moment, I was really, um, really gung-ho about giving my life to the church, giving my life to Christ. Um, it was something that I wasn't as good at as I thought right away. I thought, you know, the life of virtue would be something that would just flow naturally and that you'd be able to, you know, levitate the next day. But it, <laughs> but it doesn't work like that. No, it takes like a week and a half. It takes yeah. <laughs> it took a lot longer than I found mm-hmm. out. Um, so um, throughout high school, there was a continued growth towards Christ too. And then I think in the summer of 2009, I was at the a cement in our parish, which is like the Vipiation Bible School that comes to you. And so they bring team members in and, there was a night of adoration and confession and in prayer it was very clear the lord was um giving me a voice and the idea of the priesthood just kind of popped into my head that he clearly put there it wasn't something i put there it wasn't with thunder and lightning it was a very gentle and still quiet voice it was clearly the lord and it was something that i was encouraged to pray about after talking about it later so i aptly ignored aptly ignored that and um continued to um, just kind of go through life, kind of split in the double life. Had my Catholic friends on the one side too, but lived the very, kind of a worldly life on this side. But I have always knew that I was going to give my life to Christ. Um, but by my senior year of high school, I kind of just wanted to do what everyone else was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was um, being scouted to run track and field at a couple of colleges. And it was something I wanted to do. It's, you know, it's good to be kind of desired to be somewhere, you know, and so I'm really happy that a couple of universities had wanted me to run for them. Um, but it wasn't as fulfilling that first year I went to the College of St. Scholastica as I thought it was going to be. And then once I got done with this dating relationship that I was in, um, I thought I would be distressed that it was over, but uh, I wasn't really that sad about it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I was just looking in my own heart. It's like, oh, well, like, what am, am I missing something? Um, and then I had to point out to myself like well yeah that whole seminary thing which had kind of been following me this just kind of this annoying voice that i thought at the time was continuing to follow me um and i eventually at the very least had to see if it wasn't for me you know at the very at the very least just check it off the list so pick a day uh picked a day to go visit saint john vanney college seminary because i knew a guy down there and it was the day that pope francis got elected was the day i chose to go visit seminary oh, really? for the first time yeah, yeah so the lord handpicked that day um i got to see these men live completely alive that give up everything for christ and yet had this perpetual joy that was just constant and i'm like they have something i don't and that was something that i wanted so after a little bit of stubbornness um in my own heart i eventually applied to saint john vianney college seminary as a seminarian for the diocese of duluth um and after that everything just fell into place and there's been a continual joy and peace in a general sense that's followed me through seminary uh and i wouldn't trade at least i'm what 18 19 or so days into the priesthood wouldn't trade it for anything. So, yeah. So, it's been a great journey so far. Thank mm-hmm. you. You talk about the joy that you experienced uh, in, the, in the other seminarians when you visited. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I notice. You know, I'm not around other dioceses. I don't know how they, you know, yeah. uh, if this is a common trait. But among the, the seminarians of the Diocese of Duluth, when they are together for 
you know, some sort of a liturgical purpose, an ordination or chrism mass, or, you know, when, when, when they're uh, serving at the altar. And even just, you know, in behind the scenes before, before mass starts and afterwards. And there's just so much joy among these young men. Um, just being together and the joy of, of, of uh, being rooted in Christ. Um, and, and not all of these men will go off and, and, and go through ordination. But that doesn't seem to be a factor. There's just a certain amount of joy in the surrender of... I, I don't even know what it is, because I wasn't in seminary. Perhaps, you know, you can speak more to where that joy comes from and what it's about. But the smiles that are on your faces when they take the picture for the, for the uh, you know, for the diocese, for all of us to pray for, for these guys, it doesn't go away. It doesn't seem to go away when they're, when they're together. I mean, I know there are trials. Right. Those smiles aren't pasted on forever, but... No, yeah, it's true. Yeah. I think, yeah, I guess what I found out that that joy comes from holiness, you know, um, if you're, your life in Christ, it's very simple, you know, but mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a beautiful mm -hmm. thing that I found too, that, yeah, if that's your rock and your bedrock formation, friendship kind of, and fraternity comes from that too. And yeah, I've been very blessed to be surrounded by really good seminarians throughout my whole time in seminary. Now that I'm a ex-seminarian, I guess, in that <laughs> regard, um, it's still something that gives me gratitude to look back and see how these men have formed me um mm -hmm. being around good seminarians yeah you're absolutely right i want to just uh touch base with uh therese um is this a break coming up or um or just uh okay it's a break okay why don't we um well let me just have to ask one more question well i think i want to get i want to get back to that can we if we can take this break just a little bit early i think the next question i want to ask might take a little more time and i don't want to cut it off. So perhaps we can go to break early. I'm uh, Deacon Dan Goshi with Father Daniel Weiske. We're broadcasting uh, the, uh, the Real Presence Live program from St. Andrew's Church in Brainerd. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. It's a great time to spring into summer at Riverview Senior Living Community in Fargo. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. We are currently accepting new independent and assisted living residents. Riverview provides a safe, comfortable place to live with a small town Main Street feel with home-cooked food, a la carte care services, daily activities, and mass five days a week. You can contact Marin or Katie to find out about all that Riverview has to offer at 701-237-4700 or at homeishere.org. The world is changing fast and needs problem solvers and critical thinkers. Right here in your backyard, Not Marty believes every student has the potential to serve the world and make a difference. We will help you obtain a degree that prepares you for success by exploring your talents and passion. Our community goes above and beyond to help each student feel at home, surrounded by love and support. We can't wait for you to see what's possible, and we hope the future brings you here, close to home at mountmarty.edu. Have you ever wondered if your family's past struggles have affected you personally? I'm Father Chris Alar. You and your ancestors are all part of the body of Christ, so you should desire healing for them for the consequence of their past sins. Evidence suggests that these consequences can even be passed down through generations. Well, God does not hold you personally responsible for the sins of your ancestors. He does allow the effect of their deeds to reverberate from one generation to the next. The sins or sanctity of your family members may impact you. So learn how to break free from any sinful bonds in your life. There is hope. 
Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And we're broadcasting from St. Andrew's Church in Brainerd, Minnesota. I'm Deacon Dan Goshi. We've got Father Daniel Weiske, and we're talking with uh, Father Matt Miller. Uh, a priest of uh, how many years now? Just priest of how many years? Oh, wait, a few weeks, right? 18 days. 18, 18 days? days. Is that like what that? it is? How I, many hours? Uh, are we doing that? Like that. No, I'm not good at math. <clears throat> let's, let's, not go back to, let's go back to that date, um, the date of your ordination. And it was, uh, it was unusual as far as, you know, we don't see a whole lot of ordinations taking place in, in the way that they had to. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were other, some, some other things that were different, too. How, how was your ordination different than you? Probably had imagined yeah. years ago. Yeah, I would imagine. Uh, well, Bishop Serba, who was um, God rest him, was you know was not my ordaining prelate because he, December first he had passed away. So that was something that was unexpected. I would say um, for sure. He's always been a very good spiritual father to me, and um, I was very sad at his passing for sure. Um, it was something that hit me very very hard. And you know, I mean, he had come to my diaconate ordination in Rome, so mm-hmm. we have the great opportunity as. Um, students of the Pontifical North American College in Rome to have our diaconate ordination um, if we choose uh, at St. Peter's Basilica in Rome, which is a great gift. And although Bishop Serber wasn't the ordaining prelate for that, he still chose to came, which was just a testimony to the man that he was. Um, and that was October 3rd of 2019. So we came to that um, and saw him there. He celebrated my first Mass that I preached at as a deacon. Uh, and that was the last time that I saw him was in Rome. Um, uh and then yeah, I'll never forget where I was sitting. Um, seminarian Dan Hammer comes into the room and tells me that um, Bishop had passed away. And I just couldn't believe it at the time. It's still, I, I think everyone who, from the diocese remembers sure. where they were yep. when they heard the news because it just struck us. Um, nobody really knew he had a heart condition or anything like that. Um, so part of it, too, was that day. It was like, oh, gosh, like, how does that affect ordination? And, you know, our vocation director, Father Ryan Moravitz, was very clear. Like, you're still getting ordained. You know, it's just going to be by somebody different. So that was something that I certainly had to grieve that mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, Bishop Serbra obviously wouldn't have stayed in the diocese forever. But, you know, um, it would have been a great testimony, I think, to be ordained by him, too. But, again, not in the Lord's will, too. But at the same time, um, I was very grateful at the same time to be ordained by Bishop Andrew Cousins, the Auxiliary Bishop of St. Paul in Minneapolis. He's just somebody I've emulated as just a very good holy man, um, just a very good spiritual leader for that diocese, per se. And I was, um, I was just very, very blessed to be ordained by him. He's always somebody that I've admired um, very much, and so I look up to him. And so to be ordained by him, at the very least, if not being ordained by Bishop Serba, it was be ordained by him was a great gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And how about the uh, the other regulations that had to be put into place? Yeah, the, the COVID um, regulations. Yeah, it certainly. Um, you know, I was paying attention in a particular way, watching all these all these ordinations were live streamed mm-hmm. um, during COVID, which was very which is a good thing I get to see. You know, yeah. at least I'm not if I'm not able to go to all my um, brothers' ordinations, I'm able to watch them online. And I was paying with particular attention just to see what the ordinations are going to look like, all the hand sanitizer that was yeah. going to be in my hair for the laying <laughs> on of hands, and uh, those different sort of things. But um, 
but I was very blessed um, that our liturgist and um, diocesan administrator um, allowed specifically the part that was most moving for me and for a lot of people is the laying out of hands where it's the part of the ordination mm-hmm. where the priests um, starts with the bishop who's ordaining you lays praying out of hands which is one of the high, mo- high moments of the ordination the bishop will lay his hands on you and then the rest of the priests um, that are there, all of them will lay hands on you too. Other dioceses had been doing it um, where it had not been all priests, but um, I was very grateful that our diocese had decided to still keep that part of the ordination where all of the priests were laying hands on you, which is a very moving part because it's, um, it's your diocesan brother priests mm-hmm. in a lot of the ways. Mm-hmm. That you're being really mm-hmm. not only ordained a priest, but a priest for a particular local church, which for most is the diocese of Duluth. And I've been so grateful to be surrounded by so many good holy priests in this particular diocese. Um, and as I was really coming to fall in love with the priesthood uh, is, in seminary, I was simultaneously falling in love with this local church that I was mm-hmm. going to eventually serve as a priest one day. Uh, and part of that is really you need to know, come in love and serve with the brother priests that you're going to serve with too. So the fact that I'm able to really um, receive their prayers during the part of the ordination, and it's a long time, it takes a while, so you're able to really pray during that time and receive their prayers for you. It was a really beautiful part of the ordination for mm-hmm. me, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. beautiful time. It was. I, I know <clears throat> this um, falling in love with the with the local church that you're talking about, it's it's interesting where, you know, I, I have my, my home parish where I where mm-hmm. I assist and where I attend and where I'm a member, and that's in, in Crosby at St. Joseph mm-hmm. and in Garrison at Our Lady of Fatima. But um, there's something about walking into the cathedral that at first, when we first started going there, I'm like, you know, I, I don't know this place. Uh, this is this is it's pretty, you know, it's very yeah, pretty. It's big. It's big, um, but I had no closeness to it, you know. And we should we should you know go to some other churches around here. And but after a while, you, you, you go there, and as soon as you walk into the door, you're like, oh, I'm home. Yeah, it's home. And I don't know how that happens because I still don't have a a personal bond with the people of that parish you know mm-hmm. so to speak or um now you do but i do yeah, <laughs> yeah. well right um but uh and it, it was even it wasn't just because i was ordained there as a, as a deacon mm-hmm. it happened before that you know that all of a sudden mm-hmm. you know there's something that happens when you walk into that that building mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it's almost like mom i'm home right. you know I, I don't know how else to to explain it but yeah. uh yeah. it's a beautiful thing right. yeah. so let's talk about a conversation you and i had last summer yes should we what do did, that what did, what did we talk what about? did we talk about uh you were you were had not yet been ordained a deacon right at this at this point last summer Correct. About yeah. now, last summer. Yep. I just want I just want to relive this beautiful <laughs> moment that we shared our, our our joined history, and you were uh, assisting at St. Francis uh, or, or uh, assigned at St. Francis for the summer, and uh, we were there for Julie and I were there for something and ran into you and yeah. how's it going and and I asked about your upcoming uh, ordination and this was your diaconal ordination. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and share that little story with so, us? So, oh no, um, <laughs> it was talking with Deacon Dan and his wife, Julie, and I was saying how I was about to be ordained a deacon in October, mm-hmm. and quote-unquote, I said, then the real deal will be in June of next year, to which one the said real deacon deal. was maybe a little jaded about. <laughs> yeah, yes. I, oh, yeah. You're, that's accurate. That's an accurate statement. So his diaconal ordination, I understand from the context of this conversation, was not a real deal. But the priest ordination is the real deal. So, Father, real deal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
How do you feel about deacons generally? <laughs> well, <laughs> this may be an funny. awkward segment. No, 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 it's great. No, Too bad I, this isn't recorded. They could edit this part out. Uh, it's funny you mention that because, um, believe it or not, I still am a deacon. A lot of, I know you are. A lot yeah. of people were coming up to me you yeah. know, before I was beginning your day, and they're like, last day of being a deacon. I'm like, oh, no, no. no, no, no. I will still be a deacon mm-hmm. forever. Um, um, maybe it's more fitting to the diaconate because it's a place of service, as you know, to be mm-hmm. humbled. And no, all jokes aside, <laughs> I know I misspoke in one sense. There is a real dealness to the diaconal ordination for sure. Um, and I was very grateful for my time as just being mm-hmm. a deacon. Um, oh, sure. just being just a deacon. deacon. Here we go. Again. <laughs> I was grateful for being a deacon, and I'm still grateful for being a deacon, um, which is actually a moving part of the ordination for bishop ordinations. A lot of the time, the ordaining bishop will wear a dalmatic actually mm-hmm. underneath his um, chasuble and right, all of that right, when they're getting right. ordained because they, it yeah. shows the fullness of the three ranks of orders th- mm-hmm. to which they mm-hmm. get ordained to. So, yes. And deacons are ordained to assist the priestly order, as the ordination says. Yeah. Yes, yes. That's right. So it's, it's good that you, you can now continue to serve <laughs> yeah. in the priestly order and assist other right. priests and know the life of a deacon uh, that you've shared for a few months. Don't let lowly priests tell you that the diaconate. Let the bishops tell you how important the diaconate is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right, actually. It's a, it's a beautiful thing, and we knew exactly what you, what you meant by right, that. Yeah. We were not offended in any oh, way. I could never but, but I just, uh, but I, but I think of, uh, you know, some of the, some of the things that in the life of a deacon that are, that are, that are different than the life of not being a deacon, you know, and I think if this isn't the real deal, I don't know what is. (laughs) (laughs) I I do have a question about, uh, I guess I'll just call it sharing life together. You know, two things that came up. One, uh, Father Matt, that uh, there are certain things that, I don't want to give certain things up, you know, going off to college and doing certain things and, you know, romantic relationship Mm -hmm. and uh, there's that, certain things you give up that are kind of shared life. Mm -hmm. And then deacon, there's something that intrigued you about joy you saw in other people. Now, you brought up the joy you've mm-hmm. seen in seminarians mm-hmm. when they're together and mm-hmm. this shared life and even your time in the cathedral. Mm-hmm. You know, why is that? What comes to mind for me, you can say whether this is true, but it's like, well, now we've had some shared life here mm-hmm. in Christ. Mm-hmm. You've come into the cathedral. You've been part of masses with people that, you know, you've been in ordinations. You've been with the, the, the diocese gathered around the bishop for the chrism mass or for other um, ordinations and things, and there's that shared life. But... I was just thinking, are there any ways that uh, that you would say really helped intrigue you or strengthen you in following the call, you know, like, um, kind of, that, that showed that, that life, that shared life in Christ in particular moments? Um, yeah, I would say, I guess the more time I spent around priests, I think, was synonymous with my growing towards um, wanting to be a seminary, and I would say, too. I was very blessed um, my first year at Scholastica to be able to teach religious education, lead a small group at St. John's Catholic Church up in uh, the woodland area of Duluth. And the associate there was Father Ben Hadrich, who was instrumental, I think, in just showing me the the joy of living a priest. It was, I think, his, I think his first year, maybe second year of priesthood at that time. And he's just loving it, you know. And I, and I think um, just seeing the witness of that um, and then really starting to get to know priests as I joined seminary, too, I think was a witness to me that like, okay, you know, this is like a group of, of men that I particularly want to be around. You know, there's a joy in which they live with too. And their witness, I think, um, I think it's a uh, part of human formation as well to jump out the second um, and redoing the program for formation to really focused in on human formation. Uh, and right away, um, even before, you know, my conversion, you just look at all these young priests in our diocese. Um, and not that you are particularly moved that they're priests, you know, cause they're the young, 12, 13-year-old, like, how much do you really know about what, what they do? Um, but they were just good, holy men. You know, they just 
fun men to be around and you're wondering like, okay, like these guys are just like, they're interested in me. They like take an investment. And that was very attractive to me as a young, you know, 12, 13 year old, whatever it was, that these particular men were just good men to be around. You know, they had a natural virtue that I was able to notice at the time too. And once you, you spend more time with them and you see that that's rooted in their relationship with Christ, that there's a holiness that they have that was really attractive. So I think the more time I spent around them, you know, just kind of a natural thing that I was really drawn to spend the rest of my life as brother priests with them, I think. Mm-hmm. How would, how, what would you say to, <clears throat> to other young men who might be um, discerning the priesthood or pondering the seminary? Or Yeah, I would, um, I would give the same advice that was given to me by a very good lay woman parishioner, that if there's even a 1% inclination that <laughs> you might be called to this, you at the very least have to go look. Um, uh, and that's exactly why I went to the seminary. It was maybe not for the best of reasons, but it was at the very least to just get this thing off my chest. I at the very least had to make sure, like, okay, I checked it out. It's not for me. I can, you know, finally put that away. Mm-hmm. But that's not what I found out. It was very clear that as soon as I visited that this was the, where the Lord was calling me. So, um, But that wouldn't have been the case if I wasn't told, I don't think, just at the very least to go check it out just to make sure that it isn't for you, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. So if there's any inclination at all, you just have to go take a look. You just have to go take a look. Um, it's something, you, at the very least, you know, in your duty as a Catholic, if it's something that the Lord plants in your heart, even in the smallest way, I mean, he does that for a reason. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's worth it to go at least check it out, is what my advice would be. We've been asked, Father Matt, to have you give us a blessing before you're off the air in Absolutely. 20 seconds. Right. So yeah, we welcome sure. you to the Presbyterate. Could you offer all the rest of us a blessing? Yeah, I'd be happy to. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we ask you to bestow your blessing upon all of those listening. Guard their hearts and minds in the love of Christ Jesus. And may Almighty God bless all of you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father Matt. Absolutely. I'm so glad you're not just a deacon anymore. I know. <laughs> I, I, I love this priest. Very glad to be a clergy member with you. <laughs> <laughs> there are more great segments to come here on Real Presence Live. Up next, the Holy Spirit will be leading our conversation. And uh, who knows where that will go later on. He's entering his third year of formation for the diaconate, and he'll be with us to talk about the journey so far. Another young man joining us. All this and much more coming up. Stay tuned.